Hello, you are now listening to the Aging with Grace podcast, and I am D.G. Linton Gridley, founder and CEO of Aging with Grace. I'm so grateful for you tuning in to this week's episode titled, The Mouth. At Aging with Grace, our mission is to help our members to their best health and quality of life through home and community-based services. And the goal of the Aging with Grace podcast is to share news you can use to help you or someone you know with tips and tricks so you can live your best life possible. Thank you so much for joining us today for this week's episode titled The Mouth. Our mouths are so crucial, so important to our health. Our mouths are where food and drink first enters our body. If our mouths are not healthy, then the rest of our bodies can't be healthy either. I have even heard that the plaque in our mouth can become dislodged and cause heart problems. I have a lot of plaque on my teeth and try to keep my six-month cleaning appointments to remove the plaque for my gum health's sake and for my heart health. Here's an article about oral health and preventing damage to your heart. It is from the Mayo Clinic and it is titled, Will Taking Care of My Teeth Help Prevent Heart Disease? And the answer is from Thomas J. Salinas. DDS. Taking care of your teeth isn't a proven way to prevent heart disease. While there appears to be some connection between oral health and heart disease, more research is needed to understand it. Poor oral health has been debated as a possible cause of heart disease for many years. In 2012, experts from the American Heart Association reviewed the available available scientific evidence and concluded that poor oral health hasn't been proved to cause heart disease and that treating existing gum disease hasn't been proved to reduce the risk of heart disease. Still, studies have shown, one, that gum disease, periodontitis, is associated with an increased risk of developing heart disease. Two, poor dental health increases the risk of a bacterial infection in the bloodstream, which can affect the heart valves. Oral health may be particularly important if you have artificial heart valves. Three, tooth loss patterns are connected to coronary artery disease. And four, there is a strong connection between diabetes and cardiovascular disease and evidence that people with diabetes benefit from periodontal treatment. Even though oral health isn't a key to heart disease prevention, it's important to take care of your teeth and gums. One, brush your teeth at least twice a day. Two, floss daily. Three, schedule regular dental checkups and and cleanings. If you're concerned about heart disease prevention, ask your doctor about proven ways to reduce your risk, such as stopping smoking and maintaining a healthy weight. And that is the end of that article from the Mayo Clinic. To me, the article was saying that there is evidence of correlation, but they have not yet proven causation. I can understand the difficulty of proving causation because of all the variables that the subjects of the study might might have, like some being overweight and others smoking, and some eating a healthy diet, and some not, and some exercising, and some not, etc. I'm going to talk about my own mouth, and what I have learned, and what has helped me, in hopes that you can relate, and maybe use what I have learned to help yourself or someone you know. 
I'm going to start with the lips, my lips. It's important to keep our lips together. Our mouths closed, I mean. Breathing through your mouth is bad for you. If you get if you breathe through your mouth, you're not getting all the oxygen that you would if you breathe through your nose. I have had chapped lips all my life, and if you breathe through your mouth, they'll be even more chapped. My lips have been so chapped in the winter that they crack and bleed if I don't take care of them. I like an all-natural chapstick in my pocket or purse all the time. It's a good idea to read the label on your chapstick. After all, you will be eating the chapstick. Mine has beeswax, sunflower oil, olive oil, peppermint oil, hemp seed oil, spearmint oil, and tocophenol, which is another word for vitamin E. So now let's talk about teeth. I inherited my father's teeth. I had a lot of cavities as a child, and my teeth were really crooked. They're not perfect now, but when I was a kid, they were really crooked. So when I was 12, my father took the dentist's advice and let the dentist pull the tooth behind my canine canine tooth on my right side. I always wish they had not done that. My teeth were still crooked, and I always wished I could have had braces. So when I was 50 and my youngest son needed braces, we went to the orthodontist together. After two years of wearing braces, the orthodontist took them off and, and gave me retainers to wear at night. I chewed through them in just a, a few months because I had bruxism, teeth grinding and gnashing at night. I don't do that anymore. I think the night bruxism was a result of the stress I had in my life back then. Of course, bruxism is bad for teeth. It weakens the teeth by causing cracks and wears off the enamel, and for some reason it causes gums to receive. If you recede, if you or your dentist suspect you have bruxism, you can wear a mouth guard. And that's what my retainers were. They were like a mouth guard, but they weren't very tough because I chewed through them in just a few months. So when I was 62, I went to an orthodontist that specialized in Invisaligns because my teeth had migrated. My retainers had gotten lost or destroyed, and it didn't take long for my teeth to look crooked again. The time I spent to get straighter teeth was worth it to me, but it might not be worth it to you. I still wear retainers at night. I went to a new dentist a few years ago, and he talked me into buying a teeth whitening kit. I paid a a lot for a mold to be made for my teeth, even though the dentist knew I had retainers. For some reason, he said the molds would work better. They didn't. I threw them away. I just use my retainers now. The dentist also sold me uh, the whitening gel gel that goes in the mold or the retainers with a big upcharge. Now I just buy the whitening gel on Amazon for almost half the price that he charged. It really does work, but I don't whiten my teeth very often anymore. Guess it just isn't worth it to me to wait for a half hour with the bleaching gel in my retainers and to not be able to eat or drink for a half an hour. I I don't think it's that important to have super white teeth. I also rinse my mouth with hydrogen peroxide at night sometimes. Hydrogen peroxide is good for removing debris because hydrogen peroxide is a debriding agent. Here's an article about how hydrogen peroxide can help with oral health, and this is from Healthline.com, and it's titled, Is Garlic? Gargling hydrogen peroxide, effective and safe. Hydrogen peroxide is a chemical compound that combines hydrogen with oxygen. You can buy it at 
most drugstores and use it for everything from disinfecting wounds to cleaning your bathtub. Some people even swear by gargling with it to soothe a sore throat, whiten teeth, and reduce gum inflammation. Keep reading to learn how to safely gargle hydrogen peroxide and whether it really works. The key to safely gargling gargling hydrogen peroxide is to make sure you never swallow it. This is true whether you're using a 3% hydrogen peroxide or 35% food-grade hydrogen peroxide. Ready to try it? Follow these steps for safe gargling. Gargling. Number one, start with a 3% concentration of hydrogen peroxide. This is the strength you'll find in a brown bottle at most drugstores. Next, combine one part hydrogen peroxide with two parts water. Your final mix will have a concentration of 1% hydrogen peroxide. Two, tilt your head back and take a small mouthful of your hydrogen peroxide and water mix. Gargle and swish the mixture around in your mouth for 60 seconds. You can use a timer or count silently in your head to 60 while gargling. Number three, spit the solution out after gargling. Don't try to gargle the mixture for more than 90 seconds. Gargling with hydrogen peroxide may help a sore throat in several ways. Hydrogen peroxide has antibacterial properties. It can help your body fight off bacterial infections that often cause sore throats. In addition, when the mucus in your mouth comes in contact with hydrogen peroxide, it creates a foam. This foam makes the mucus less sticky and easier to drain. It can also help to loosen the mucus in your throat, which can cause irritation and pain. Young children and people who have a hard time gargling without swallowing can try gargling warm salt water instead for similar benefits. Follow these steps for saltwater gargling. 1. Mix 1 cup of warm water with 1 half to 3 quarters teaspoon of salt. 2. Swish this saltwater mixture around in your mouth for about 60 seconds. 3. Spit the solution out after gargling. Hydrogen peroxide is a powerful disinfectant that can help to keep canker sores and other small wounds in your mouth from becoming infected, which also helps them heal faster. A 2012 review of studies about hydrogen peroxide and oral health found that it can also help to, re- help to reduce gum inflammation when used in conjunction with regular brushing and flossing. To get the most out of hydrogen peroxide's oral health benefits, make sure you swish it around the front of your mouth while you're gargling so it reaches your front teeth and gums. Hydrogen peroxide is the main active ingredient in many over-the-counter and professional teeth whitening products. Gargling with hydrogen peroxide might make your teeth look whiter for a few hours right after you do it. However, a 2015 study found that hydrogen peroxide mouthwashes need to be used consistently over several months to produce a lasting effect. The same study also found that over-the-counter whitening gels with 10% carbamide peroxide, which contains about 3.5% hydrogen peroxide, were significantly more effective at whitening teeth. Ingesting undiluted hydrogen peroxide can burn your internal organs and cause internal bleeding. However, if you accidentally swallow some diluted hydrogen peroxide, such as the 3% solution widely available at drugstores, 
you'll likely only notice some mild stomach pain. You may also vomit a slightly foamy substance, which is normal. After gargling hydrogen peroxide, you might notice some redness around your gums or irritation on the inside of your mouth. This should go away within a few hours after gargling. Call your doctor immediately if the redness or irritation doesn't go away or if you start to throw up or feel dizzy and weak. Gargling hydrogen peroxide may be an effective way to soothe a sore throat, disinfect your mouth, and whiten your teeth. Just make sure you dilute it first and try not to swallow any in the process. If you're hoping to whiten your teeth, try to gargle consistently for several months for the best results. And that's the end of the article from Healthline. I floss once a day. I use those flossing sticks. They go by different names. Plackers is one brand. I also use a water pick tool. It's really good for getting my mouth clean, but even after I use the water pick very thoroughly, if I floss after I use the water pick, I still find debris stuck between my teeth. And I've noticed that as I get older, my gums are receding from some of my teeth. So here's an article about receding gums from WebMD and what you can do about it. Receding Gums, written by Hetty Marks, medically reviewed by Evan Frisbee, DMD, on October 31st, 2021. Gum recession is the process in which the margin of the gum tissue that surrounds the teeth wears away or pulls back, exposing more of the tooth or the tooth's root. When gum recession occurs, pockets or gaps form between the teeth and gum line, making it easy for disease-causing bacteria to build up. If left untreated, the supporting tissue and bone structures of the teeth can be severely damaged and may ultimately result in tooth loss. Gum recession is a common dental problem. Most people don't know they have gum recession because it occurs gradually. The first sign of gum recession is usually tooth sensitivity, or you may notice a tooth looks longer than normal. Typically, a notch can be felt near the gum line. Gum recession is not something you want to ignore. If you think your gums are receding, make an appointment with your dentist. There are treatments that can repair the gum and prevent further damage. So why do gums recede? There are a number of factors that can cause your gums to recede, including periodontal diseases. These are bacterial gum infections that destroy gum tissue and supporting bone that hold your teeth in place. Gum disease is the main cause of gum recession. Your genes. Some people may not some people may be more susceptible to gum disease. In fact, studies show that 30% of the population may be predisposed to gum disease regardless of how well they care for their teeth. Aggressive tooth brushing. If you brush your teeth too hard or the wrong way, it can cause the enamel on your teeth to wear away and your gums to recede. Insufficient dental care. Inadequate brushing, flossing, and rinsing with antibacterial mouthwash makes it easy for plaque to turn into calculus, which is tartar, a hard substance that builds on and between your teeth and can only be removed by professional dental cleaning. It can lead to gum recession. Hormonal changes. Fluctuations in female hormone levels during a woman's lifetime, such as in puberty, pregnancy, and menopause, can make gums more sensitive and vulnerable. Tobacco products. Tobacco users are more likely to have sticky plaque on their teeth 
that is difficult to remove and can cause gum recession. Grinding and clenching your teeth. Clenching or grinding your teeth can put too much force on the teeth, causing gums to receive. Crooked teeth or a misaligned bite. When teeth do not come together evenly, too much force can be placed on the gums and bone, allowing gums to recede. Body piercing of the lip or tongue. Jewelry can rub the gums and irritate them to the point that gum tissue is worn away. So how is gum recession treated? Mild gum recession may be able to be treated by your dentist by deep cleaning the affected area. During the deep cleaning, also called tooth scaling and root planing, plaque and tartar that has built up on the teeth and root surfaces below the gum line is carefully removed and the exposed root area is smooth to make it more difficult for bacteria to attach itself. Antibiotics also may be given to get rid of any remaining harmful bacteria. If your gum recession cannot be treated with deep cleaning because of excess loss of bone and pockets that are too deep, Gum surgery may be required to repair the damage caused by gum recession. Regeneration. If the bone supporting your teeth has been destroyed as a result of gum reception, a procedure to regenerate lost bone and tissue may be recommended. As in pocket depth reduction, your dentist will fold back the gum tissue and remove the bacteria. A regenerative material such as a membrane graft tissue, or tissue-stimulating protein will then be applied to encourage your body to naturally regenerate bone and tissue in that area. After the regenerative material is put in place, the gum tissue is secured over the root of the tooth or teeth. Soft tissue graft. There are several types of gum tissue graft procedures, but the most commonly used one is called a connective tissue graft. In this procedure, a flap of skin is cut at the roof of your mouth, your palate, and tissue from under the flap called subepithelial connective tissue is removed and then stitched to the gum tissue surrounding the exposed root. After the connective tissue, the graft, has been removed from under the flap, the flap is stitched back down. During another type of graft called free gingival graft, Tissue is taken directly from the roof of the mouth instead of under the skin. Sometimes, if you have enough gum tissue surrounding the affected teeth, the dentist is able to graft gum from near the tooth and not remove tissue from the palate. This is called pedicule graft. Your dentist can determine the best type of procedure to use on you based on your individual needs. So how can I prevent gum recession? The best way to prevent gum recession is to take good care of your mouth. Brush and floss your teeth every day and see your dentist or periodontist at least twice a year or as recommended. If you have gum recession, your dentist may want to see you more often. Always use a soft bristled toothbrush and ask your dentist to show you the proper way to brush your teeth. If a misaligned bite or teeth grinding is the cause of gum recession, Talk to your dentist about how to correct the problem. Other ways to prevent gum recession include 1. Quit smoking if you smoke. 2. Eat a well-balanced and healthy diet. 3. Monitor changes that may occur in your mouth. By taking good care of your teeth, you can have a healthy smile forever. So that is the end of that article from WebMD. 
We have to keep our teeth, our natural teeth, as long as possible for optimal chewing efficiency, I think. False teeth are wonderful, but nothing is as good as real teeth. My mother was a smoker and had false teeth, false upper teeth from the time she was 30. I remember how sad she was when all her upper teeth were pulled. I was 10. False teeth are a challenge to use and clean. Real teeth are a challenge to care for too, but to me it's worth the trouble to not have to wear false teeth. If you already have false teeth or dental appliances of any kind, please do keep them clean and let your health care and service providers know about your dentures or appliances just in case you have a medical emergency. Whether you have false teeth or natural teeth, a clean mouth is a happy mouth. There are so many procedures and options available to help us keep our natural teeth, but of course they all come with a high monetary and time cost. And one must decide if the dental procedures are really necessary or if the dentist is trying to put his daughter through college (laughs) or if we are too concerned about our looks instead of our health. Nice white teeth definitely do improve one's appearance. It was not that long ago that perfect teeth were not the norm. Our goal should be a healthy mouth, not a perfect one. But how to pay, you may be asking, how to pay for dental procedures. I have a Medicare supplement policy that gave me the option of choosing a $500 health card that I can spend on dental or vision costs. And if I don't use it, I lose it. And I haven't used it, so I need to get I need to make an appointment and get some work done before the year runs out. It's the middle of October. I don't have long to go. So um, I have this health card, and I can spend it on dental or vision costs, and then I have a supplemental policy that pays for dental work but is a cost-sharing thing where they pay a certain percentage of different procedures and only up to $1,000 in total. $1,000 doesn't go very far when it comes to dental work. So it pays to take care of our teeth so that we don't have to pay for any procedures. And cosmetic dentistry is out of the question for most of us because it's so expensive. The British are famous for having bad teeth, but perhaps they just have their priorities in the right place. I like the British and their sense of humor. I hope you are able to smile without being too self-conscious. Smiling and laughing are... I think, the best things we can do with our mouths. I hope you have a week of making happy memories with lots of smiles and laughter. Bye for now. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the last episode. For more information, please go to aginggraceinfo.org. That's aginggraceinfo.org. Thank you. The health club for seniors is your kind of place. So come and join us and age with grace.